Brothers of the Road, the Reeves Brothers. Today's been a great day. Has been a great day. We've been hanging out. Today's a, uh, today is the first day that we've set out to do a podcast. We've uh, we've listened to them forever, and we've often talked about it. And today we decided, you know what, we need to start it and just tell our story, uh, hear other people's stories, and interview other artists, road managers, whatever it might be. Just uh, getting people that are involved in either that have been involved in our life story. Or people that have, you know, been involved in the music business at some point, and our whole life, people have thought our story was kind of interesting and different, and we we wanted to find an outlet to tell everybody about that. We wanted to share it with y'all. But on that note, today we got to eat lunch with Winona Judd. We we did. We met with Winona Judd and her husband Cactus, who is a founding member of Highway One Hundred and One. The whole time I was wanting to call Cactus Cacti, and you know what? The lady there who took his order. She called him Cacti. Yeah, I because he too. wrote it. He, did he, he wrote it? it? Yeah. Well. He said, I'm Cacti. Well, you know I what? love it. Cactus is cool. He's a hell of a uh, dude. Well, I know it's cool. They're, they're both awesome. They're, they were a lot of fun. We, en- we enjoyed our lunch with them. We went over uh, to Leaper's Fork and oh, had lunch with them. Delicious. And, and uh, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was a blast. They were on their way to see a show in Atlanta, and we had about Post an hour. Post Malone. Post Malone. They were going to Post Malone. They were going to Post Malone show, and then we loaded up. We sat in our cousin's kitchen until we talked ourselves into doing our debut podcast. Yep, this is the debut on it. We want to let you know you can support it by going to patreon.com slash the Reeves Brothers. Yeah. Get on there and help us out if you guys can. Support the podcast if you like what you hear. We, uh, we're, we're just going to use, you know, this is kind of a platform to tell you anything you guys want to hear. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and tell us what you want to hear stories about and, uh, and we got a story for just about anything on the road and about any location on yeah. high, on Highway 40 or Highway 65. Or, or in England. England. Especially. That's its own episode. That's, an, that's its own episode. We got a lot of stuff coming up, you guys. We are proudly sponsored by Tough Coat in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, they do bed liners. Make sure, and they're the best around, and they will treat you right. They've been treating us right for years. So Damn right. Make sure to go down there. If, you, if you're if you in Arkansas and you're buying a new pickup or you got an old pickup then you need it sprayed, go down there and get your bed liner from Tough Coat. Hell, if you got a rusty vehicle, I'll tell you. I know for a fact they'll spray the whole thing on the outside. And it actually looks awesome. It does, because I drove around a Suburban that they did it to, and it was, it was, it was never hot. Like no. when you put your hand out the window and the beaten sun, the car was it was never hot. No, they uh, got, they got something going there. So make sure to go yeah. to toughcoatbentonville.com yeah. and check that out if you guys need something sprayed. Make sure to go to them because they're great people. Well, on that note, let's get started. You're listening to Brothers of the Road. Our whole life, people have felt like there was something intriguing about our normal. Well, we're here to tell you what our normal is. Life, love, country music, and two brothers traveling on the road together year-round while sharing an airstream together just outside of Nashville. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we take you on a journey throughout the country with the stories from yours truly, the The Brothers Brothers of of the the Road. In 1992, things got a little bit crazy for Jack Reeves, Susan Reeves. They were living in the middle of Laughlin, Nevada after recently transplanting from essentially the Riverside, California area, 
And uh, our dad, his best friend, Glenn Hyde, decided that he was going to open up a 100,000-watt radio station in the middle of, like, Laughlin, Nevada, slash Bullhead City. Uh, They were going to call that sucker Rock in the River. Rock in the River. Lucky 108. Lucky 108. Yeah. And so, yeah, our dad went down there. He knew nothing about rock and roll. And he took on the challenge. And while he was there, a good friend of his named Jan Jensen who he had gotten in a lot of uh, crazy trouble with in the 70s, doing some wild things with Cadillacs and him having a few glasses of wild turkey. Yeah. And sunroofs. She sounds like a good time to me. Jan Jensen, she was was dad's driver while he picked up chicks. And so she called him up, said, Jackson, I'll tell you true. I bought a bar in Pahrump, Nevada, and I was just looking for you. I was sitting in Laughlin, Nevada With the sun beating down on my brow When all at once the phone rang Jan Jensen had found me somehow I asked her what she was doing She said, Jackson, I'll tell you true We bought a bar in Pahrump Nevada and we were just looking for you. As you can see, our father likes to write songs about his story, as so do we. Uh, or liked previously to write songs about his story before he passed away. He wrote uh, wrote that song and wrote that whole album. There's a lot of story songs on there about people that involved about Pahrump, Pahrump. About Pahrump Nevada. Uh, Pahrump, our dad held a special place. Both of our parents did, our mom and our dad. They, they held a special place for Pahrump Nevada. Matt, how old were you when you came down? Two years old? I was two. 19 months? How old? I was two. I like, well, like uh, 17 months. 17 Something months like old. That. Our dad was actually going to go down there. Our dad and mom were going to go down there for, was it a week or two? Yeah, something like that. Uh, and he, he our dad said, you know, Jan, we'll come down. I'll come down and help you out and, and do a couple weeks here. Our dad genuinely thought the stage stop was a shithole when he... And it was. He, well, it was. Jan Jensen has told me that. Had shit all over the bar counter. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, I heard it was everywhere. And my dad said, you know what, Jan, if you ain't signed papers on this place, you need to back out and you need to leave this place and never come back because it's a dive. It's never going to do anything. And Jan was like, she saw something else. These people had shut it down. It was like a steakhouse, and they had shut it down with the money still in the drawers from years previously. Yeah. The, the money was still like in the Italian couch register, restaurant. and the tables were still made it, with dust caked up on everything. And uh, and she said, no, I want to keep it. I would have liked to have yeah. seen that. I would have, too. I'm sure she probably has pictures. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm relaying the story. I've heard the story my whole life. Jan just told it again to us. She was in Nashville not long ago. Uh, Jan's, Jan's still, I mean, she's a spitfire. She, yeah. Uh, she's a go-getter, a hustler. and Part of uh, the Sun City Sisters. She is. And she made it work. She yeah. made the stage stop work, despite our dad being completely against the idea. Yeah. Our dad said, I'll come down here for a week or two and help you out. Our dad oh, stayed 15 months. He did, and he loved it. He fell in love with it. 7,500 people in Pahrump, Nevada at the time. Yeah. He fell in love with the place and uh, and then ended up, yeah, he stayed there, made a lot of friends that we, that, you know, we still consider family. A lot of them have passed away now. Uh, but they remained with our dad uh, as long as he played music. Yeah. Uh, for 20-something years. And... Well, then he trucked it back to Arkansas. Yeah, he wanted to retire. He wanted to retire. He decided that uh, apparently he had spent too much time singing country songs. And so our cousin our cousin Bud, 
tanning guru. He became a tanning like local. And that's actually true. He owned like eight, eight, between eight and 47 tanning salons. I heard it was 47. In the Northwest Arkansas region. And he was the first one that, uh, I know that he went out to Northwest Arkansas and he started tearing it up and the whole family decided to follow him, including our dad. He was a son daddy. Yeah. He was the son daddy. Yeah. No, get the, like no. Get them ox, raised. Yeah, that's an oxymoron, you know. Son and daddy. Yeah, I know. It's like I know. a dad and a son, but like S U N, son, yeah. daddy. So yeah, they all went back to Arkansas. The whole family actually did, except except our uncle Joe. He stayed in California. He was uh, like, I don't need them fake them fake sun rays. I got the golden California sun. Yeah, I'm yeah. staying here. I got the beach. I got the real beach. Yeah, so no, I'll be he here did. If you need me, and our uncle Joe didn't even have air in his house until like didn't need it. He didn't need it. <laughs> Like, it didn't originally come with air, so he just, like, put it in, in the finally, after years and years. He's at a house for, like, 50 years, and it was at the, the one end. They bought the house in 75. Yeah, and, and they at put the it end, in he like finally a, put it in. Oh, the 2010s, I think they, somewhere in there, they put it in. It was Yo, huge. I'm telling you, the California weather just ain't going to be beat. When you ain't got to run that AC, she. That's a fact. That was, that was a time in California where you could, I mean, afford to run AC, too, and he didn't even need to. He didn't even need it. Then, Didn't even need it. So our dad goes back to Arkansas. He gets down there. He gets down in the health. I mean, our dad ate nothing but fried food every day, all day. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, got him down in the heart. He he had to have a triple bypass. Yeah. Then he had a major back operation. Yeah. And once he got back on top from that. He was almost like the million-dollar man. He was. Yeah. And you know what? But he never acted sick. I mean, no. he was always he was always like, you know, you know I'm just here, and I, I'll get better. And, and he did. He, he got did. better, and Jan Jensen, what'd she do, Matt? Well, she called him again. again. It was like it was 1992 all over again. She called up Dad and said, hey, Jack, I'm losing this place. I can't get anybody in here because there just ain't no musicians here in Pahrump that are worth a damn. And our and dad's so, pretty much a honky-tonk superman. Uh, that's what I think. He says, I'll sell my house, and I'll move back. I'll take the family with me yeah. on one stipulation. Well, he said, I don't have no money. I don't have it. I, he's like, I don't have, have any money. And he's like, yeah, I'm, you got to find me a place to live. And she said, ding, Jackson. <laughs> oh, honey, I've got a place right behind the stage stop, a little single wide trailer. We stayed in that little single wide for quite a while. Yeah. And uh, it was right behind the bar. It's still there. Yeah, it's uh, about 50 steps from the stage stop's back door to its front door. We stayed there for a while. Uh there was a go-kart track at the stage stop. There was. And that was also th- that part, was of part of the deal. That yeah. was part of the dealings. Our dad said, you know, our dad and mom said, that in order for us to come back, you're going to have to let our kids ride the go-karts for free. And she did. She did. She did. She let us ride the go-karts for free. This swanky little pad out there. It also had like an Old West saloon-looking mm-hmm. uh, arcade. arcade. Yeah. Yeah. Had a cool arcade. And then it had uh, putt, 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 golf. putt golf. We didn't. That's too active for Matt. Yeah. I didn't get involved in that life. I mean, I don't know that I ever played putt-putt golf there. I did do a lot of go-kart and a lot of arcade. It was always hot in there. I don't think there was AC in the arcade. Oh, it was hot. No. Uh, it was in the middle of Nevada. It was summertime when we moved out there because we moved summertime. out on my fourth birthday. And it was always hot. Uh, but the stage stop, it was cool. Uh, the, uh, after we got past the uh, alcohol beverage control, uh, some people came in there and they didn't see it fit for children to be at the stage stop while the music Mainly was going on at night. Mainly old, decrepit folks. It was that, the older people. Yeah, they didn't like us being in their ruin. Apparently, they thought we were ruining their good time. Yeah. We can't have a good time with children here. Yeah. And maybe it was honey. Maybe she felt like she couldn't dry hump her husband <laughs> It was bar. not honey. 
I know it wasn't honey. I just wanted to throw that in there. Honey used to sit at the bar and dry hump her husband. Oh, honey. Make my dad sick of his stomach. talk. She said, oh, honey, can I get up and stick a song, Jack? <laughs> she would. That's she, uncanny. You know, it sounds just like her. I know. She I can get, see her right now, Jack. Oh, she would be wiggling. Oh, she'd be wiggling and everything jiggled on, honey. Oh, yeah, and she loved it. She'd get dirty. And she'd sit there at that she bar after a few like drinks. She also had like a little introverted husband. Yeah, they would just sit there and let her dry humping. Oh, he is the, he was a nasty And dad boy. would come, dad would get back at night that and just be like <laughs> talking to mom and be like, Sue, I can't believe that. Honey sits there at the bar in front of everybody, lets her, sits there and dry humps on her husband. Oh, and honey, honey had to be. It. I mean, I know that those people weren't as old as we see them in our head no, right now. Cause I thought she was about 75 at the time. I mean, she was probably not. No, she was she's probably, probably in her 60s. 60, late 60s, but. Listen, people back then, it's like 60, 65 right now. Oh, that's a different 65. And 65 and the late 90s are two different 65s. Yeah. You know, it's like 65 is the new 30 now. I mean, 65 is legitimately like the new well, 50. Well, to some people. Yeah, I mean, to a lot of people, though. I mean, like, I see a lot of 65-year-olds that come across to me like they're in their early 50s. Yeah. Uh, but Honey wasn't one of those people. No. And uh, so, yeah, there was Honey. And anyway, these people called the Alcohol Beverage Control Board and tried to get They threw us out for a little while. Yeah, we we had to quit coming to the bar at night and watching our dad play. Our dad called up the ABC board and said, by God. (laughs) If Tanya Tucker. And if Wayne Newton. And Wayne Newton and all them other. uh, And Brenda Lee. Yeah, Danny Osmond or Donnie Osmond. One of them uh, Osmond. One of them Osmond kids can go down there. And my they kids. can make a living. You can't stop my kids from making a living. And they said, well, You're well, right. we can't. We cannot stop them. They, they sent a little note. What was there, 25 feet or 15 feet away from game? <laughs> I don't know. It was, I, know, I know we never stayed that far away from the game. <laughs> no, because that was what was making the old people upset was that we'd get out. I would, in particular, love getting out yeah, and setting on the laps. just hop up on the bar. Yeah. People would pick me up and just set me up on the bar with them. I mean, especially Tommy T. After he had 14 or 15 Coors Lights. Oh, oh. Tommy uh, Cue the song. So here's to Tommy T. He's got a heart of pure gold and drinks Coors Light beer all the time. He's Hank's best friend. He's a hell of a man. His heart is made of pure gold. He stands at the bar with a cold Coors Light. Sometimes he's searching his soul. So here's to Tommy T. Light up high and drank to the music so fine. Yeah, here's to Tommy T. He's got a heart of pure gold and drank scores light beer all the time. I mean, do you need any more info Hold on Tommy? Hold your Coors Light up high. Drank to the music so fine. Come on, Tommy I mean, T was a honky-tonkin' legend. He was, and he had a heart of pure gold and drank Coors Light beer all the time. Tommy T, in the midst of our dad's divorce, told him, listen, Jack... Anytime that you find a nice young lady and you need somewhere to go, you just come to my house. Call me ahead of time, and I'll plan on being your butler when you get here. He had a mansion in Chino. Dad would just go to the door, and old Tommy T would open the door to that big mansion, and he'd be like, come on in, Mr. Reeves. Yeah, treat it like it was Dad's house. This was was back in the 70s in Chino, California. You could do that Uh, stuff, Tommy was a pretty big guy up in UPS. Our dad loved the 70s. Uh, Oh, he yeah, he embraced the 70s. The whole lifestyle. Yeah. so, uh, fast forward from the Tommy T. Tommy T, now we're back at the stage stop. Tommy T 
was, I think, the maybe the only person in the world that ever had Coors, uh, Coors beer delivered directly truck. to his home. I mean, talk about a Smokey and the Bandit moment. Yeah, they would just bring in their truck once a month, and they would stock him with beer, put his full, fill his keg. He had a full bar in his house. Yeah. Uh, with jukeboxes full of Hank Thompson music. He had a big, massive bus with a jacuzzi in it called the Silver, Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. Uh, and he would haul Hank Thompson around when Hank Thompson would come to town and play the stage stop. Another one of those weird things. Yeah. Man- Dick Dell played the stage stop. Dick Tommy Dale. T played, or Dick Dell, Hank Thompson, and Tiffany. You know, I think we're alone now. You know, we should post that video to our Patreon. Of Tiffany doing a little I Think We're Alone Now. At Just the stage stop. It. At the stage stop. I mean, right at the stage stop. Like, when you think about it, not long after her peak. Oh, no. Maybe been, about maybe about 12 years after she had a, a about a 3 million selling record. She was getting she wild at the stage, stage stop. stop. Yeah, helped Dad out. Yeah. Dad called her and said, hey, we really want you uh, to come to the stage stop. She did it. Uh, she did it. Uh, that way. All sorts of people uh, played at the stage stop. Our dad would get people to come in and guest star. Yeah. Uh, the stage stop was crazy. It was a good time. There it was, was a damn uh, good time. There was, char- there was characters there. Bernie. Bernie. Bernie lived in an RV across the road. He lived across the street from a stage stop, and he had that RV, and he's kind of like the fix-it man around the stage stop. Mm-hmm. There anything ever broke, old Bernie just kind of truck on over there, and he didn't have to walk too far. But I can tell you something. All he had to walk was maybe 100 feet back to his little thing, and there would be people who gave him lifts <laughs> back oh, over there. Like, Hell, hop in the car, Bernie. I remember Bernie would... Uh, he would get hammered. Yeah. And he then would. he would ask Dad to take him to McDonald's late at night after Dad shows, and then he would get in the truck with us and go to yeah. McDonald's. Bernie and was good. We'd hand. take him to get food, and Dad would take him back to his RV. Bernie, George Bugs. Yeah, George Bugs. George Bugs was a trucking man. Uh, George was a cool dude. Uh, Matt oh, and yeah. I actually still have a couple of George's guns that. He, he gave made, dad. He made some claims that Marty Robbins gave him those guns. He says he went to, went to high school with Marty Robbins, and Marty gave him these guns later in life. And If George says it, hey, maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. I know right before he left, he dropped by the house, single uh, single cab Chevy pickup, and he was uh, – George had a bad brain problem where he, <laughs> he had had – well, like he had brain – you remember. He had it op- was a condition. It wasn't just him being – No, he had to have an wrong. operation on yeah. his brain. Uh, uh, like, it was like a tumor or yeah. something in his head. Uh, and after that, George, uh, he never got his wits back. And, no. and he would just be, I would be seven or eight sitting outside uh, of the club talking to him. And he would he would be smoking and drop his cigarette and just keep, he would just keep putting his fingers up to his lips, even though he had no cigarette there anymore. No. And I would have to pick his cigarette up for him and hand it back to him. And then he would just do it again continuously. And, uh, but I would sit out there and man, we talked a little, we spent a lot of hours out there. George was a good man. Those guys, they, they looked at us like we were their kids. Yeah. They treated they us. They loved us. There wasn't a person there in the world that would ever have thought of harming us. No. They loved us to death and took care of us and looked out for us. It was a family. Uh, Pat Gibson. Oh, Pat Gibson used to pick me up from school. Oh. I'd, I'd play sick and I'd be like, you got to call Pat. Pat and I. Pat was our emergency contact. She was the emergency contact. I bet she picked me up from school 20 times, 30 times a year. Oh, yeah. She would take me back to her house, and we would watch Bonanza and Gunsmoke and have a hell of a time. We, uh, Pat and I were, like, inseparable. I used she used to, to have that PlayStation, and she had the game Driver, and I'd play it. Yeah. She I'd also had Ice Road Mother Truckers. Yeah, she did. And that was that uh, was cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we would we would do that. I mean, it it, it was not weird at all to us and in in the moment it really wasn't weird no. looking back as, as we've met different people that weren't a part of it 
that they think it's kind of odd that we grew up in a bar. When we told Winona today about this, she didn't seem to think it was very weird. She's like, oh, yeah, cool. Cool. She said, you know, there isn't, you know, those those kind of men like your dad aren't around anymore. No. Those, those original old troubadour Mavericks. Guys. She called Ma- them a maverick. Not a troubadour, a maverick. A maverick. And our dad was a maverick. Yeah. You know, he attracted, uh, he was just like a magnet to those little desert towns and buying horses. He loved and it. Having odd horse trades and breeding horses and riding and all sorts of stuff. Oh, oh, oh. Tell him about the fight back there with Cowboy. Oh, Cowboy, Cowboy was a guy. A colorful member of the stage stop. Cowboy might as well have been Rooster Cogburn to me when I was four years old. He used to wear a big duster he, everywhere he went. Duster. He had a huge hat. Dusters on and Wrangler jeans. And he always had a Tom Mix black hat on. And oh, yeah. he was a bad. He's a stud. He is getting. Uh, he, he, yeah, you didn't want to mess with Cowboy. Well, you weren't going to. Nope. I can. That just wasn't going to happen. And uh, Cowboy's still around. No. Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, cowboy. Uh, he was a cowboy. I mean, he his name. He lived to his. He lived up to his name. Put it right in his uh, description. Something tells me that he didn't give himself his own nickname. No. I'll tell you that somebody somebody saw that man and said that's Cowboy. And one night, I don't know what, I, I honestly, I, if I told you what caused the fight, I would be lying to you because I have no idea. I was standing outside with my mom. Uh, it was late at night. I remember, I, I don't know that it was late. It was dark outside. And I was four or five years old, and Cowboy kicked that door open. That You know the second set of doors to the stage top? Oh, yes, I do. Over where they had the chicken chip bingo. I know those uh, doors well. Uh, he kicked that door open, and Cowboy came out with bad intentions. Oh, yeah. And he had some guy holding him by the shirt, and boom, he uh, he lowered the boom on this dude and dropped him like a bad habit there in the grease trap. Mom grabbed me. She goes, get back, get back. And, uh, you know, classic mom. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, gee. And I was like, Mom, this is the life. For me. Oh, God. I think it was at that moment. I Just thought, a couple honky-tonking hellraisers. Uh, I was probably inside shooting pool with Chad Hagerstrand. Probably so. Getting just buck wild. Getting crazy. wild. I mean, I'm outside watching bar fights. Matt's getting in trouble for humping the post out by the <laughs> stage top by Dad because he yeah. didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, like, uh, a little, uh, there was this like guy that took over the Mexican restaurant after Grace's Kitchen left, and he had a kid, and I was out there. I thought it'd just be funny to dry hump this old post he used to be out there. And my dad, oh, God. Didn't find the humor in it. Oh, Lord. I was about 10 years old, six foot tall, <laughs> dry humping this post and giggling. <laughs> I mean, you don't know what you're doing. boy, old Jack Reese, he came out there and grabbed me. What I mean, are you doing? I mean, when you're eight or nine years old. You don't know. You don't know what you're doing. Your dad's on stage. It's at a honky-tonk. You're outside, and you're getting your game on on I'll post. I'll tell you, dry hump in the post was the least of his worries. Yeah. Just I saying. mean, I mean. It was a damn good time, and I have no regrets. Me and that post. I, I'll tell you, I've sat on that post in my adult life. Same, oh, I, same spot. I remember. Me and that post have been well acquainted. I wish that the listeners could see the see these posts because it was kind of a fence that went like a little but they were just like well, I'll tell they you were one telephone thing. poles they were telephone they were. poles and you'd get your ass splintered oh if you were my there. gosh man I, jumped, I can feel it right now I on jumped my fingers. up on that thing when I was probably five or six walking out of the stage shop one night I jumped up 
to try to climb it with my hands, oh, and I oh, raked back down and just splintered my entire hand. Oh, up. yeah. Uh, it was crazy. Tough Hedeman showed up one night in a limousine with Josh Garrett. Josh Garrett was a local regular who was on the PRCA rodeo circuit at the time, and was I mean, he was pretty rough. I mean, Josh, had, Josh. Josh did crazy stuff. Uh, and Josh is still like a brother of ours. He Josh was, Garrett went and stole a AC unit that was sitting in the back of our parents' rental property that they were renting to a guy who pay. he wasn't paying our dad. And our dad was three hours away and being like, I'm going to whoop your ass when I get back to prep. And Josh Garrett's like, Jack, you don't worry. He ain't here to whoop you, but by God, I'm here to steal some stuff. So, so he, he stole does. a brand new AC unit from the back. Yeah. And then the cops got involved. In Nye County. Nye yeah. County called old Jack up and they go, Hey, Jack, we know who you are. And, uh, you, we'd hate for you to be in, you know, word to get out that we had to arrest Jack Reeves. And we're going to have to do that if you don't get this AC unit back. And <laughs> dad's like, I didn't steal an AC unit. And well, dad was like, you'll have to bring a damn army <laughs> to yeah. arrest me if you think you're going to take me for not stealing something. Yeah. And then he called up Josh and said, get your little ass, get yeah, that get AC, the AC now. unit back. Now. And Josh is like, I mean, Jack, we can strong arm Dave to <laughs> Dave. pay you your rent. And and Dad liked Dave, too, before that. Well, because Dave was a pretty good guy until he left all the porn charges on the oh, TV on the and wouldn't pay his back rent to Dad. Yeah. I mean, that was what the problem was. He kind of had a wild wife. Yeah, Dave and... She was like an 80s, name. looked like a washed up 80s, like... Yeah, like yeah. kitty cat. Yeah, kitty cray cray. Looks like she's been struck uh, by lightning, her hair did. I know that... I know that that stuff got hazy that night. Yeah, uh, they things ended didn't up go good. It back. They they took the AC unit back. Dad came home from Lopland from the show at the Avi Casino with all of us, unloaded his trailer full of his PA, and immediately drove up to Nye County that night and talked to the sheriff's department. I remember him having to leave. It was like midnight, and Dad goes, "I got to go down and talk to him." And he worked it out. I think him. the sheriff's had to evict him. I think he wouldn't leave. Well, either. they said, Jack, you can't just kick somebody out of your house for not paying rent. And Dad said, "To hell, I can't." And they said, no, you have to have a notarized letter giving them 30 days to get well, out. folks, Jack that, Reeves got himself a notarized letter that, that day. Yeah, that next morning, Dad went to yeah, work on did. the notarized letter. Yeah, I'll show uh, you some And notary. Dave went, Davey, Dave Dave went bye-bye. No more Dave Dave in, in Daddy's oh. house. And Daddy and Mommy, uh, they got, they kicked Dave out. Yeah. Dave and Sherry, I feel like. Dave well, maybe. Dave. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I don't It don't even, it don't matter. I know they're not in that house no more. No. I don't even, honestly, I don't know who's in that house now. I don't either. Mom put him a nice little, actually, Mike. Mike put him a nice little pool in the back. We yeah. never got to enjoy it. They Once. left before we did. No, I got in the pool one time. Oh, it was time. cold. It was freezing. But, yeah, Pahrump. Pahrump. Stage stop. Stage stop bar. Uh, we could go on and on. We, we could. We're, we'll, there'll be more episodes yeah. on this because well, we're not it, done yeah, talking. We're gonna, well, we're going to try to get Josh Garrett on an episode yeah. to talk a little bit about the stage stop because he was a little older than we were. He was like 19 when Matt and I were like four and eight. Yeah. Uh, so Josh Kind of like an older stuff. brother. He really was like an older brother. He was always around. Matter of fact, uh, you know, Josh texted me not too long ago and because uh, he didn't know he didn't know that our dad had passed away and uh he just sent me a message the other day, and he said, uh, I'm going to read it to you folks. He said, miss the easier days. Miss your dad. He had such an impact on me in those days. Damn, man. We were just a bunch of kids with adult responsibilities, and your dad was our only guiding light. I Boy. wish people knew everything he did for so many people. 
True. Because uh, he would take those kids in and try to and try would. to help them out because they were just, I mean. They were just lost, lost souls at that time. Yeah, they were kids. They were rodeo cowboys and going from rodeo to rodeo. And dad was kind of somebody they looked up to as a tougher, older guy that could, the only person that would really tell them how it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember dad telling Josh, hey, don't come in my house saying the F word in front of my whole family or, or you're kicked out. Get out of here. And they mm-hmm. had words about it. And dad was like, I don't, you, we can go outside if you want to talk more. And Josh left. And then Josh came back and said, Hey, I'm sorry, Jack. Yeah. But they would get together every day, him and dad. They'd go down to Miss Gracie, sit oh, and talk. Oh, yeah. Dad, dad loved him like a kid. Miss Gracie, best Mexican food in all of the whole West. It was. Truly. It, it was right there in the back of the stage stop. Our mom worked there. Pat Gibson, she worked there. But she Pat kind of just ran the place. Oh, she said, man, that Pat was back would, in the smoking days. Pat she used would to wait the tables, smoke. too, if she needed to. But Pat, yeah. like, Pat talked to everybody and made everybody feel at home. She really was the glue of the place, in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe it's because I always sat with her. It, well, and Pat's sister, Beth, she worked there. Yeah. Pat's mom worked there, too. Grandma. Yeah. She washed the dishes. And I remember mom used to say, that little old lady, grandma had to have been, this is no exaggeration. She was like 85. At that time, because she died in and her she 90s. she had that super cool Chevy pickup with the camper shell, the yeah. maroon one. And mom always used to say, that little old lady goes in there and hand washes every dish before she puts it in the dishwasher again. She was that clean. Yeah, well, that's because people from that generation knew how to work. I'll tell you. Uh, but the stage shop was wild, and there's going to be a lot of episodes. Yeah, that, we haven't got that to Kurt. That. I wish we could get to Kurt. Do we got time to talk about Kurt? Let's talk about I Kurt. I mean, go ahead and throw Kurt out there. I'm going to throw Kurt out. It's going to be the last story I tell because it's a wild one. But there, Miss Gracie had a lot of colorful employees. Alberto was one of them. He, I don't know. He's in prison somewhere, I think, right now. I don't know. And I don't Alberto know is. about the charges, but but he was a hell of a co- I mean, yeah, truly was. And uh, then she had Kurt. Kurt was kind of like a little busboy, you know, dish, Kurt was dishwasher. He was a gr- he was a good dude. Kurt decided one day that he was trucking it back, I think, down to Tejas. I to think Texas. Kansas City. Matt and I talked about this earlier. We can't agree. I, I think he was down in Missouri. Matt I thinks he was in you, Texas. But, folks, it don't matter because Kurt, Kurt ain't around no more. Kurt trucked it out that way. <laughs> that was and where Kurt's journey He got ended. hopped up on some meth. And he decided apparently he was going to start waving a gun at some cops. I don't even think the gun was loaded. Maybe it wasn't. I don't no, think I, the gun was loaded. I don't loaded. think it matters. Uh, but the cops, I mean, I'll tell you all, meth is a powerful drug because it took 17 pieces of lead in old Kurt to finally make him drop that damn gun. Yeah, I mean, well, you didn't just drop. I mean, he, his well, life, I mean he, he dropped. His life ended. Yeah. And that was sad. Kurt was a nice guy. But, you know, boy, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, he's seven. I mean, seventeen shots in. If you can't take alcohol. somebody down at seventeen shots, you better bring a damn cannon. I mean, seventeen shots of alcohol takes me down. Yeah, I couldn't imagine what seventeen nine millimeter rounds would do to me. Yeah, he was on some of that high speed go go juice. Yeah, he was on that high speed racing powder, and yeah, it, he was. It was a bad deal. I yeah. Don't know. So, well, Kurt's Kurt's no longer with us. R.I.P. Kurt. Yeah. Uh, we miss you, and we miss your uh, your chorizo and yeah. eggs that you used to you make. You damn straight, Kurt. Yeah. Kurt was a good cook. He's yeah. a good hand. Yeah, but you, y'all have got the gist of the stage shop now, yeah. and that's our going to be our first episode. That's yeah, because that's just about like our life at uh, at like at um, me personally, like eight to eleven years old. Yeah, and, and and me like four to seven. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we were going through, just honky tonking the night away with our dad and doing all that and. 
getting a little education in the in the ways of honky tonk. Yeah. Well, having major issues with schooling. Uh, yeah, we'll right. get to that too. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about more about all of the stories that we've had. That was just our child, a part of our childhood. We're going to talk about uh, in the future episodes about all the uh, the adventures we've had out on the road. Uh, That's what the show's about. Yeah. We are the brothers of the road. We want you to get to know us. Dallas Moore, he's Mr. Honky Tonk. The Reeves brothers. Brothers of the road. Brothers of the road. For sure. So we appreciate you listening. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot more episodes. Y'all get on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the Reeves brothers. Support this podcast. Support us if you can. Uh, It keeps us going down the road. And we're doing this podcast as a way, uh, means of income. And we do. to get our story out. Yeah. Yeah, for getting sure. the story out, getting income, and people have, like we said at the beginning, people have always mentioned how odd they felt our life was, and we never did. And we thought, well, maybe there's something to it, you know. Maybe people want to hear what how we grew up and some of the stuff we got to do and be a part of. Yeah, uh, because we honestly loved it and had a blast. Uh, being, being great childhood, being able to be a part of all that and get to meet everybody. We looked at all those people like family from the yeah. stage stop and, and the people that are still alive. I still look at that way. Uh, we want to thank tough coat in Bentonville, Arkansas. Great spray in bedliners, the best customer service, the best people around that you're ever going to meet. They, uh, they have been supported us for many, many years. Many. Uh, great, great people. Make sure to go to Tough Coat. Right now, Tough Coat is making this whole entire podcast possible. They are. Truly. And, and you need to get down to toughcoatbentonville.com. Yeah. Take a little journey over to that website. Check them out. Great people. Great bedliners. They get the job done and they get it done right. So make sure if you're in the Arkansas area, go get your truck sprayed. I mean, get the whole damn truck sprayed. I've said it. I ain't, this ain't the first time I've said this podcast. Oh, I know. I mean, I cruised around in a whole Rhino line truck, and I know I've got some good old boy redneck friends of mine out there. It ain't Rhino line. Huh? Well, what is it? Tough coat. Huh? It's its own thing. Yeah. Wow. See, I didn't even, I'm learning something new every day. I can tell you one thing right now, though, that the truck was never hot. It was out in 110 degrees. I had my arm out that truck, and it was almost cold. It's summertime, man. It's summertime in that truck. She, man, it wasn't hot. Well, I mean, that's what they get. That's what they do over there. So y'all make sure and check out Tough Coat. Toughcoatbentonville.com. That's T-U-F-F-C-O-A-T-B-E-N-T-O-N-V-I-L-L-E.com. Toughcoatbentonville.com. Check them out. They are great. Episode number one is down in the books, yeah. y'all. Thank you all for tuning in to the Brothers of the Road. This is just week one. This is week one. There's many more episodes to come weekly. Weekly. We're going to have a new episode. We're going to have special guests. So you make sure and stay in tune with us and, and just follow our journey and be a part of it. Ride that train with us, folks. And remember, the Brothers of the Road love We're you. We're Brothers of the Road. We lost all our control. And we won't hang it up for